You're logged on to TR1. I hope you're having a wonderful morning wherever you're listening around the world or evening wherever you are. Uh, it is six o'clock, actually three minutes past six. We're fashionably late, like gay time. Yay! How are you, Peter? I'm very well, thank you, Russell. Yourself? I, I'm very well. I was nearly going to call you Paul. You know, when people get my name wrong, they usually call me Stephen. Wow. Yeah, every time, apart from just then, <laughs> every time <laughs> someone gets my name wrong, they call me Stephen. Well, I don't call you Stephen, but I do, did nearly call you Paul. That's all right. <laughs> anyway, there was a Paul back in the Olympic Games. We are talking about <laughs> Olympic Games. <laughs> <Sure there is. laughs> Sorry. Many, many people called Paul in the Olympic Games. I wonder if there was a Paul in the first Olympic Games, 776 <laughs> BCE. Uh, we will have to find out. Maybe, uh, do they even have records back then uh, of the Olympics? Yes, but um, well, that's, that's the first recorded information we have about the Olympics. There was a naked runner too. There were several <laughs> naked runners. Actually, the whole naked um, com- competing uh, story is yet to be confirmed. So most of the, um, you know, the urns and the statues of the sure. time are all naked, but they think that that is probably Not an over-exaggeration of what happened. Well, surely there would have to be some truth to them. Well, you wouldn't have naked well, th- statues. There is a story that uh, one of the uh, competitors was running and his loincloth started falling off, so he just ripped it off and, and kept running rather than tripping over it. That's what I would do. Well, you got to remember as well, back then, sadly, women were not allowed in the Olympics, yeah. uh, either as spectators. Well, um, Royalty would have been allowed, surely. Well, they didn't have royalty in Greece. Didn't they? No. They didn't have emperors and empresses? No, well, that's not royalty. That's oh, it. okay. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Empress okay. Empress. Yeah, yeah. So, well, okay. So, according to the legend, so the Olympic Games is founded by Hercules. So, oh, um, that's a Empress. Well, actually, and, and, and well, the Greek version, which is uh, Heracles. Um, so, you know, who was the son of Zeus and a mortal woman uh, uh, named Achaemenia. Um, the Olympic Games grew and continued to be played every four years for twelve hundred years. So, uh, yeah, that's so that's very interesting. Thing. Now. Okay, let me ask you this question because we are going to be somehow stepping back in time this year, going to Tokyo 2020 very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how, but yeah, we're yeah. stepping back in time. Is this the first Olympic game to ever be not on the year it was meant to be on? So if you're talking about Olympic games that have been postponed, uh, yes, I believe this is the first one that's been postponed. Others have been cancelled. So for really? the First World War and the Second World War, those ones had been cancelled. Um, but this, I think, is the first one to be postponed. See, isn't that interesting? Because I would have cancelled this one. There was talks of cancelling it. There, there was talks. And, and, and it's interesting because under the OIC contracts that countries sign when they um, agree to a bid for the Olympics and then if they win the Olympics, it's not always up to the country whether they have the authority to cancel. So And that's what Japan is finding itself um, in. So, um, but the AOC or OOC, whatever they're called, the Olympic Committee, yeah, International uh, Olympic Committee, yeah, IOC, uh, they said that it was up to Tokyo to make that decision. So they get control over certain elements of it, but um, there can be, if they really wanted to be a legal stash about it, um, I think the OIC can sort of say, well, we're pushing forward and, and we're going ahead, yeah. and you agree to. Uh, and so we're hosting it. So that's why, in a way, uh, Tokyo sort of said, all right, we'll run the Olympics, but there won't be any spectators. I'm just expecting, and I'm sure a lot of other people are expecting, one outbreak in that uh, hotel that they're staying at or however they're doing the hotel management for these people because they yeah. can't all stay at the same place now. Well, they usually 
built a little village exactly. for the athletes. So if they built this village and one outbreak happens, community spread is going to be there. Now, we all know that Australia's plan is you do your, your, your running or your race or your whatever you're doing, and then before the medal ceremony, apparently, you're going to be on the plane and heading home. Oh. Now, at least that's what they've been publicising. But if you win the medal, you're going to ha- want or need to have to do your commitment, unless they're planning to do the final race and medals at o- normally same day. Yeah, I would But there are some races they can't do that to because they have to check and it's going to be yeah, interesting. It's going to be a I bit of a mess. I, th- I think the whole thing is going to be a bit... Um, They'll probably have a program which they'll start following and unless there's an outbreak, which I can't imagine there wouldn't be, unless everyone's been vaccinated. But vaccination does not stop you from getting COVID, COVID uh, virus. And that's and this is why a lot of people – we're sidetracking now. This is that's why a lot okay. of people say, if, if, I've got, if I've been vaccinated, why do I have to wear a mask? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to – and it's a case of the, 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 the first you. generation of vaccines don't stop you getting – well, I don't think any vaccine stops you from getting it. Um, well, what what it does is it stops you from dying and it stops you from be having a severe... Does the um, polio vaccine stop you from getting polio or does it stop you from having well adverse effects of polio? Well, the, well the, with pol- polio is a bit different because okay. what we've done is because we've suppressed it for so long, we've actually eliminated it. Okay, well, there you go. So Russell learns again. But well, no, <laughs> <laughs> no so, and that's what, that's what the strategy is for this one. So we... We will the second generation of vaccines, which is currently in development. They will, as soon as you encounter the virus, uh, it will literally just rip it to shreds before it gets a, a, a stranglehold. Whereas now, if you get the virus, you may still become you may become symptomatic, uh, and you may if um, you may actually pass it on to one other person. Um, within a certain window, but it stops you but from needing to be hospitalised. That's the thing. Like it, it's really interesting you say that because they say, oh, you might pass on the one person on one day, for example. But imagine if you were having, for example, today, let's say you walked in here with COVID and there were six people around here, all not vaccinated. I don't know how it's going to pick that one, that one unlucky person. So, it, well, it's, it's based on statistics for starters. So it's it's it wouldn't be a day. It's about how much that you would shed. Yeah. Um, and Could so the, the volume that you shed as opposed to someone who's shedding the Delta variant would be a lot greater than someone who's been vaccinated and their body is already fighting. Well, it uh, is interesting that there's so many varies of this virus already. It is mutating, so something is happening that we don't know about. That is Blame On Me by Isaiah Firebrace. And you can catch my interview with him on Monday on the first 7 at 7 at 7 a.m. on DRM1. Uh, I got to chat with him, and it was an interesting chat. Yeah, Great chat. Been exciting, it though. was. Someone it was. who's been to Eurovision? He did, and you Isaiah, know... Isaiah, not you. We d- we <laughs> <laughs> thanks. You know, something I didn't get time to talk to him about uh, Eurovision. I should have. But there was just so much to talk about. So catch that interview on DRM1 Fresh 7 at 7 at 7 a.m. on Monday. Okay, let's get back into the Olympics. Olympics because the Olympic Games is fun. It's something that we all watch together. We love it. We cheer our Aussies and until we, and they you know, lose. We, and we've done so well in things like the swimming competitions. No, we haven't. We have. We've won no, we have. Gold. We have. Uh, what, uh, you know, the last summer games... <laughs> were mostly one of our oh, was it last summer games or the summer games before it was one of them it was one of our worst s- s- uh, Olympics ever yeah, but you can't judge us on just one Olympic game well we're not good at winter Olympic games we know that well, much yeah, <laughs> we don't have enough snow here <laughs> mind you I'm sure the people in Threadbow and all those areas they, are, uh, they go, train uh, yeah uh, throwing rocks at me or snowballs well, at me 
okay, here's a question. I know we haven't even got to your fun facts yet. My fun facts. But there's been deaths in Winter Olympics. Lots of deaths in Winter Olympics. <laughs> You're trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> How many is there more deaths in Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics? Um, I didn't research de- death tolls. <laughs> we should definitely do a death toll. Oh, anyway, let's. <laughs> you got that look on your face, like what? No, yeah, because what? do you not remember it's that, the? It's that look of the why last. Are we, why are you going down the this last path? Winter Olympic Games and the one in Beijing as well? Mm. A skid, a, a sled came off the the pipey thing, mm. um, because they were doing the the boggin or whatever they call it. The boggin, yeah, that's the one. And the guy hit the pole, and. Well, that's awful. It but, is uh, awful, and and they had to reshape the thing to, and slow it down so that people wouldn't, because there was a few people that fell off there. Anyway, let's get back on some fun facts now, not some scary now facts. That you, you, yeah. <laughs> now that you've livened everybody up. Hey, if you weren't awake before, now you are. Russell's <laughs> facts, Russell knows. Anyway, anyway so <laughs> as far as we know, the first Olympics, well, actually, our first records of the written Olympics was in 776 BCE, so before the Common Era. But it's generally believed the games had been uh, going for many years already by that stage. So, and the first person to win the Olympics was a, a cook named um, Corobus, uh, and uh, he was from Elis, uh, and he won the sole event at the Olympics, which is the event was called a stade, believe it or not, um, and that's a, a run of approximately 192 medium uh, meters. But that phrase "stade" is where we get "stadium" from. So wow, yeah, so. <laughs> Oh, I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I didn't know that we get stadium from stayed. Mm. Tell me, tell me. So the Greek word stayed means what? Stadium. No, it doesn't mean stadium. We get the phrase stadium from the fact that the first uh, competition was called a stayed. But that wasn't. Oh, was it? No, it would have been a stadium, kind of like it was a big circle thing, wasn't well, it? Well, what they took it from was is that the length, which was 192 meet- meters, they said anything of that length in a big building in an arena, yeah, is called a stadium. So, oh, but uh, obviously they, the definitions have been blurred and the distances have been changed. Since Absolutely. Then. Well, there I you go. Look, so there's, I a little, there's a little, little bit of interesting there Olympic is. news or interesting Olympic information. Yes. And as we know, the, the ancient Olympics were held every four years during the religious festival honouring Zeus because the ancient Olympic Games was more about honouring the gods and the modern Olympic oh, Games are so more about honouring the sports and the so In other words, that's why first place is always taller than everyone else because they're Zeus. They're, they're the miracle of <laughs> being strong. and So they get to stand the tallest. You know uh, something, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that the first place, second place and third place get celebrated and the last places don't. What, what, what would you like? For I them? think we need to do the opposite Olympics where the last three <laughs> get celebrated. <laughs> you know what I heard, which I think, I think is a fantastic idea and is somebody, uh, not me, I wish I had this idea, uh, but somebody said what we should have in the Olympics is that some average Joe competes in every sport or every competition just to show how much better the <laughs> – so imagine you got, you know – But we do. They're called last place. Dave from accounting running the triathlon. <laughs> no, we do, and they're called last place. That's no, <laughs> don't say that. Those people tried really hard. And failed. And they – well, that's not their fault. Well, I suppose it is. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <you see? laughs> they came last. Never have a dream. Never. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> never have a dream. self <laughs> 
<laughs> X. What was this was meant to be a lo- the highlights of the Olympics. It's turning into the the. Okay, we're, let's, we're let's kicking, keep going. Let's keep the going. Down. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the games were named for their location of Olympia. Yeah. Uh, now, Olympia, for people who don't know, is at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> is that like is that like Athens? Venice. Yeah, that one. Venice isn't at the bottom of the. You know, <laughs> it nearly is. No, it's not. The rest of it, it's like the, the bit that people yeah. don't live on yep. is in the water. Okay, which it means it's <laughs> it's in the water. It's not in the water. Oh dear me! Oh dear me! Oh Russell, we're doing it. Yeah, we'll do an episode <laughs> of Venice one day. So the Olympia is a sacred site near the western coast of the Peloponnese Peninsula in southern Greece. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It certainly is. I'm glad I didn't attempt to do that. Oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> as you know, every four years uh, we celebrate the Olympics or we participate in the Olympics or we watch people participate in the Olympics. And that's where we get the phrase the Olympiad. So uh, whenever you hear that, what they're representing is the four-year time frame. The interesting th- part here is that the participation in the ancient Olympic Games was initially limited to free-born male citizens uh, of Greece. There were no women's events, and married women were prohibited from attending the competitions. Which means the wording of that, and I could be wrong, but it says, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, <laughs> put your hands up, we're going so, to the Olympics. So, yeah, I guess they could go along and sort of go, oh, I have one of those. <laughs> I have a runner. There's a shopping cart. I have a, a p- yeah, I have a, one of these. But yeah, It's but like Uber no. Eats, but for men. Yeah, but no, unfortunately, um, a lot of the times they were not allowed. So it was a bit. And that must be because they were naked, supposedly. Supposedly, theoretically, but supposedly, not theoretically. Another fun fact is, and I'm not quite sure if you've already said this one, but the Olympics were of fundamental religious importance. Yes. Uh, now, that's interesting in itself. And I know you have said this one. I just clearly wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> but w- why was it a religious uh, importance like okay zeus is supposedly a god but what but religion are we talking he's, he's the god of god well this is the ancient greek so christian or catholic or no no that, that came later, later oh, okay. years and years later i don't know these things no that's all right um so yeah so well catholic and christianity are monotheism so they believe in one god whereas the ancient greeks were polytheists which means they believed in many gods that's why you had um zeus athena apollo all those sorts of guys um, What's interesting, though, is that in 708 B- e, uh, BCE, the Piathlon, consists of five events, a foot race, a long jump, discus, or discus, and javelin throws, and a wrestling match was introduced. Now, do we even do that wrestling match? Well, do they do this one? Yeah, they do. It's the um, uh, surely they Greco- Roman Greco wrestling. So it's not that... It's not like your world, a wide worldwide wrestling. No, 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 you know, I'm, with the I'm just trying to think. Like, so there's one s- athlete that does all of this. I don't know, well, no, there were people who competed in those different fields. Oh, uh, the way I word it was like it's it consists of five events, which one person does all of them. No. Well, that would have been funner. <laughs> Even though that fun is not imagine, the word. Yeah. So I mean, imagine how exhausting that would be. That'd you know, be you just finished doing your. It's like that, that baton race, the one where they have to pass the baton, but this time they have to do a foot race, then do a long jump at the same time. So they're running, running, long jump, then they have to do a discus while they're running, then they have to do a throw a javelin, and then they have to somehow wrestle so all at once. Do you mean someone competing in the pentathlon? Yeah, they have to do everything. That's Sorry, I thought you about. meant no, somebody doing all five different... No, I'm talking about yeah, this. So uh, pentathlon ma- makes up all of those, 
And so one person would do them all. That's what I was talking about. Sorry, my bad. That's okay. I'm sorry. Here I was thinking I was dumb. No, you <laughs> weren't. And just don't say that. I don't like that when you say that. Uh, no, but honestly, I, I think I that's... I tell you, you say it again. And just like in 60, 688 <laughs> BCE, boxing was introduced. I'm going to... Box me? Well, that's violence. I don't like violence. But uh, I'm going to look at you sternly. <laughs> look at me sternly. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is chariot racing was introduced in 680 uh, BCE. BCE. Now, chariot riding, now please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that's the one with the horse and the cart. Yes. Cool. So, but uh, unlike a cart where you sit a chariot, you stand. Yes. And uh, we don't do that no more. No, no, we don't have chariots. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, we, we could we build could. them. We, we could. could. No, I think uh, I think we should. Yeah. But then that animal rights would say, no, too bad. Uh, but we do do jumping horses at the yeah, Olympics. Yeah, we do have the equestrian um, competition. And as some well, horses and get dressage. put down. So, so it depends on uh, where uh, the Olympics are being held. Now, I like the next one because I know I'm going to get so wrong, as in the pank, the uh, the, the, sorry, the pank ration, or ration, so pank raton. Uh, did I pronounce it right? Yeah, close Good, enough. close enough. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where they pank, plank? <laughs> Planking competitions. <laughs> Can you imagine that? How boring would like that be just staring and watching people just sort of holding The weakest link, planking. Planking. Plankration. What, what is um, this sport? Well, it's it's a type of um, boxing. combined boxing and wrestling, but virtually with no rules. So, so like MMA? Yeah, any way you can take them down So basically fine. kill them? Well... They d- they well, said no rules. There's no rules. Yeah, I guess so. Back so in the day, they mostly did have the 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 death. Well, you know, look, they were human life back then wasn't worth much to these people, well, to well, any of them. I mean, you know, we were throwing look, ourselves and sacrificing I ourselves I for all ju- sorts. Of I just wanted to just quickly just check because I'm sure that there mostly was a death during a plantation um, game. All right. So <laughs> why do you, you double-check that? I'll go through a few more wonderful facts of the ancient Olympics. So the games are extended to five days of competition back in 632 BCE. And in two in the 200s BCE, sadly, the Roman Empire conquered Greece uh, in the mid-2nd uh, century BCE. Whilst the games continued, sadly, their standards and quality declined. Sure. So I got the answer that I was interested in. Um, and I'm not quite sure whether your BCE is actually correct or not, but Arch Ronch, I'm sorry if I pronounce that, but it's R Hinchon. Yep, it's A R R H I C H I O N. Also spelled other ways. Um, he was from Greek and was a champion plankerist for this one that we're talking about. He was defending his championship. In the 54th Olympiad, in 564 BC, where he died. Yeah, so it was introduced in... Six 648, yeah. and he was defending it in 564 BC. Yeah, so once it was introduced, they kept... Kept going? Kept going. So, And the numbers from BCE run downwards. Okay, I don't know if that... That's but okay. I'm just going by what I see and that he died while successfully defending. So I, I was right, play it to the death. There you go. That's sad though. It is that sad. A man has to die for the human entertainment. Well, he was also trying to be Def- the best in the world of it. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so c- let's continue. So sadly, as the Roman Empire continued to um, control Greece, the uh, whole... Um, you know, spirit and the and the religious aspects and the and the um, 
you know, the importance of the Olympic Games continue to decline. So in 67 CE, so this is now after the Common Era, um, Emperor Nero, who actually entered one of the um, chariot races, he fell off uh, during the event. He didn't even cross the finish line first, yet he declared himself the winner anyway. So this is just one example of the decadence um, of uh, Rome and the debasement of the Olympic Games. So, uh, so it continued to sort of lose its shine and its momentum until 393 CE. So this is when um, uh, the Roman Emperor uh, Theodosius I, uh, he called for a ban on all pagan festivals uh, and he believed that the Olympic Games uh, had pagan influences, so he uh, brought an end to the Olympic Games. So uh, it would take another 1,500 years before the Olympic Games would occur. But wow. even during that time, so the Olympic flame um, continued to simmer. So... Uh, informal Olympic festivals used to take place as early as the 1600s and the 19th century saw a series of local revivals including uh, the Jus Olympics uh, Scandinaves in Switzerland and the Zappos Olympics in Greece. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, so that was the sort of the end of the ancient Olympics, uh, but also the revival and the birth of the modern Olympics. Well, we can. I I, I want to just quickly because we're talking about. Uh, I I wanted to Google, uh, Olympian de- the first Olympian death recorded because I thought, well, surely there will be. You're fixated on I am, death. I am. I am. I am. But I have a I have a whole Wikipedia article here about the modern Olympic Games and up to and including the 2016 Summer Paralympics, 10 athletes have died wha- while either competing in or practicing in their sport. So um, it is a very dangerous sport to be doing. But this doesn't include things like the uh, centennial Olympic Park bombing that happened in 1996 and the, and I can't pronounce this one, but uh, the Talatio massacre sorry in mexico city in 1968 as well as some other um horrible horrible uh deaths that we can see including one that was uh during 1972 during the munchip munchip olympics munich thank you uh 11 members of the israel team were killed during a terrorist attack by a palestinian terrorist called black september so that's a that's a really really dark side of the Olympics. But I mean that's that's what happens when you're pushing yourself to the extreme. Uh, you're competing against the best of the best. But to also see that terrorist attacks have also a- affected these Olympic games, like other Olympic games. Yeah. So th- you know, uh, if, if you want to get worldwide attention, then you know the Olympic games is certainly one of the things to do it. It's know. it's actually really sad because where th- I believe and. Maybe I'm naive, but I always believe that the Olympic Games is about trying to bring the world together in the sense that most countries in around the world compete together in the Olympic Games. It's one of the very few, besides Eurovision, th- which is still very limited, that actually you have Russia, China, the United States, all competing to be the best. Yeah, so in the ancient games, they're... They used to have this uh, myth about it that the um, even if there were uh, wars between um, towns and cities in Greece, that um, during the Olympics, peace would reign over the entire nation um, to allow the athletes to travel through and to compete. But um, that's more of a myth 
uh, what would happen is, is that if you were an Olympi uh, Olympic uh, competitor, you were given free passage uh, through a neighbouring warring town or city, but the fighting would continue. Um, and you're right, when the OIC, um, when they first brought the Games back uh, in the um, uh, 1890s, uh, the idea was is that the, s the friendly competition in sports would replace or certainly be a different avenue for grieving, uh, aggrieving countries, um, you know, to demonstrate the themselves. Um, but we've seen over the years is that um, the Olympic Games has also become quite political in at certain times. Um, there was the boycott of the Russian Olympics back in the 1980s. Uh, there was also the boycott from the Russians uh, of the American Olympics. Um, there have been boycotts for various reasons by different countries uh, against other countries. So, um, And we can go through uh, those a bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take another break so that we're not, we can recoup and... Because uh, we jumped a little bit around, but it was just <laughs> just Russell being Russell. Uh, when we come back, we are going to pick off from... Uh, the beginning of the modern Olympic. <laughs> we did some fact-checking during the <laughs> we break. We did, absolutely. So the question was, has the Olympics ever been postponed? So I said that I believe this is the first time it's been postponed, but it has been cancelled for the First and Second World War. And... Uh, that was actually correct. So I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised because I wasn't actually... Sound effect budget. Yeah, and now sound effect <laughs> budget. And that's our yearly budget gone yep, for the sound effects. Totally. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been joking about the sound effect budget for I, a long time. I'd, I'd love to have a little, like, you know, push the button and a like, little thunderclap uh, or a little, you know... Well, know. Uh, well, there are additions that I'm buying very shortly for this mixer. Yeah. So we, we might have, have a thunder button. Wilhelm we'll scream. I, I, I don't <laughs> like that, that one we won't have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to the modern Olympics. When did it all start? You know, back in the 1890s. So an English doctor named William Penny Books started an annual Wenlock Olympic Games, uh, which attracted athletes from around the country. So this fledgling Olympic movement uh, eventually coalesced in the 1890s under Pierre de Coubertin, a French baron who um, be French. who gathered support <laughs> for an international Olympic competition to be held in uh, different cities every year. So that's Why could it not be an Italian stallion? Because French. Because he was French. Yep. He was French instead. But that's I, okay. But Good on him. Well done. I'm very proud that someone had. And out of curiosity, when was it formed into the Olympic Committee, though? 1894. So during a meeting in Paris in 1894, Pierre de Coubertin. Coubertin, sorry, uh, and several dozen other members of the Olympic Congress voted to host the inaugural Games in Athens, and the International Congress proclaimed the revival of the Olympic Games after a pause of more than 1,500 years. That's and a long, long, long time. You know, if you were waiting with tickets, that's a long time to wait. Well, thank goodness there was no cancellation. Yeah, so this also marked the founding of the in International Olympic Committee. So, And it was actually, when I was reading about the very first modern Olympic Games, yeah. I thought it was really quite funny because I thought that this would be something that, you know, all the countries around the world would be excited about. And no. 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 It was almost the opposite. Like, countries were like, meh, you know, okay, whatever. No, Very few countries actually sent anybody. And the first people to compete in the revived uh, Olympic Games in 1896 were um, uh, basically people who just turned up, tourists who were walking past at the time and thought, 
yeah, I'll give this a go. Why not? And they said, well, look, I'm from this country. So they said, okay, you're a representative of whichever country they were from. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so if, if you always wanted to be in the Olympics and you've got a time machine, you can go back to 1896 and as long as you're upright and breathing, um, they'll let you compete. But the interesting thing is, uh, if I, uh, I'm going to skip a sentence here, but and a ban on professional athletes prevented many of the world's top sportsmen from participating. Why? That was 1896, by the way. Yeah, so what they were more interested in was is that they were interested in people who had um, invested within themselves um, uh, to, to be the best in that sport rather than being uh, rewarded and motivated by you know, status and money and stuff like that. Awesome. So money is not a factor, basically. Well, back then. Yeah, it is now. Oh, but now it is. Oh, it's all about the cash. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know what? Uh, I was Olympians watching... Olympians don't get paid unless they get money, unless they get gold. But, you know, I was watching an episode of You Can't Ask That. Yes. Great show, by the way. Um, and it was about people who were Olymp- uh, Olympic gold medalists, so people who had won. And, and they said, you know, most of the time we fund most of the stuff ourselves. Um, getting into the Olympics is challenging and hard and uh, when you compete. And But they said the money only comes if you get some form of sponsorship. Uh, and some of them said, look, I, I got a few commercials afterwards being a, um, a gold Olympic, uh, a, a gold medalist. Um, but they said after a while that just disappears and then it's just back to life as normal. Well, according to foxsports.com.au, and this article was written in 2016, so it's a little bit old, but Australian gold medal winners, winners will receive a $20,000 bonus under the Adidas Medal Incentive Funding Program. So this was back in 2016. Surely there isn't something like this again. Provided, uh, providing they remain in their sport after the Games. Wow, that's a catch, isn't it? That is a catch. You, so you can't retire if you're in gold. Uh, silver medalists can get 13400 and bronze nets you $10,000. It's not the kind of money to be sneezed at, for sure, but um, realistically... Yeah, you don't win gold and then become, you know, insta-famous type mega-rich. It is actually interesting, because I'm going to read you the next part of this, which is really interesting. They, those looking for a bigger payday might want to look into pledging alliance to Singapore, oh. which offers gold medal winners, athletes, one million Singapore dollars. That's back in 2016, 983,000 Australian dollars under a multi-million dollar award program. The, the prize is yet to be won, but a few athletes had cashed in on winning silver Four hundred ninety. Uh, sorry, in Australian dollars, four hundred ninety-two thousand, and bronze is two hundred and forty-five thousand. So, if I was an athlete, I would bad. be going to go to Singapore. Well, that's Singapore. Yeah. Like we're not talking. Australia doesn't pay that. Yeah, but Singapore only has about three million people. Georgia pays, and wow, there's a lot of people that pay a lot of money for, for us. Australians need to pick up our <laughs> pick up our act. I can win one point six million from going and competing with Georgia. Well, there you go. What What do you reckon you could win it? Uh, definitely not gold. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I might be able to win as being a spectator, but I yeah. don't think they hand out medals you know, for that. that uh, see, that's the thing with I, – I know there's, again, off-topic, kind of, uh, but we need to give a lot more credit to our sport athletes that go there because, they, as you said, uh, they don't really get paid for it. They have to pay for a lot of it themselves. And really, our prime minister gets 400 thousand dollars a year before – all the bonuses that he gets, 
surely we can give them at least fifty to eighty thousand dollars for competing. That's my you, you, opinion. You, you won't get any argument from me regarding um, supporting our Olympic Olympic athletes. Uh, I think that they also provide good role models. Yeah, um, well, some of them. They demonstrate the. Well, some of them do. Okay. Except for the drug addicts. Well, um, there has, we have had a few drug Yeah, look, I'm not going to pretend that we haven't. Um, so is everyone else. So is everybody else. But the thing is, is that on the whole, there is nothing um, wrong with promoting sports to new generations, getting people enthused about uh, being active. Um, you know, a- and I think that you know we would do well as a nation if we promoted sports uh a lot more. Absolutely. And maybe we might get some more kids off at their laptops and into yeah, the gym. Yeah, their devices. But, but not, not stopping them listening to soundbites. No, absolutely not. But in 1896, there was the youngest athlete at the Athens Games uh, was Dimitros Londras. I hope I pronounced his name. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, a Greek who took part in a team parallel bars event. That sounds very gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the age of just 10. And 218 days. His team finished third enough to put him in the record books as a bronze medalist and the youngest ever athlete. Now, I'm sure we have age range now that they have to be over the age of 16. At least I know here in Australia you have to be over the age yeah, of 16. So so now that we have an age limit, um, he will forever be the youngest, youngest person to have competed in and won a medal in the Olympic Games. Well done to him. Well yeah, done. Yeah, good on him. Good on him for... What were the medals, <laughs> mate? And that's... And, uh, but that's the thing, like, you know, for example, in the same Olympics, so that 1896 one, the very first one, where virtually anyone could turn up, there was a guy called um, John Pierce Boland who was an Irishman and he was just travelling and he went to the Games as a spectator. But he ended up participating after a friend registered him for a tennis competition. So he had to scrounge around for a tennis racket um, and, to t- and he also took to the courts and led the sold shoes. So uh, either, w- but Did despite he yeah, well, he he went on to claim victory in both the singles and doubles tournament. Good on so, him. So just goes well to show, <laughs> you know, um, our sound effects budget's back in. Yeah, sound effects. <laughs> so no, well done to him. And this is the thing: sports does not matter about what racket you have or about the shoes. It just matters about whether you're talented enough. That's right, and. Dear old um, John Boland certainly was talented. Now, we've only got uh, 14 minutes left of the show, so oh. let's uh, try to... We might have to skip a few things We're gonna here. We're going to have to skip a couple uh, of things. But let's go to... Because I just saw the word Thorpe, and I thought you were talking about Ian Thorpe, but oh. we're talking about Jim Thorpe uh, in 1912, who won gold medals in both the pentathlon and decathlon, but was stripped of his... <laughs> after he was discovered to be a professional sportsman. Yeah, no, sorry. Can't have him. So That is really, really interesting because I hear I was thinking, oh, trust him to be doing drug testing or something, but professional sportsman. Oh. When was the first, uh, just out of curiosity, when was the first uh, drug testing one? Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we now have drug testing oh, in our right. Olympics. Well, yeah, we have. And actually, it did become quite a bit of a problem in the uh, 70s and 80s. Okay. Um, with with drug testing, and especially um, in the Russian Olympics of uh, yes, those Russians. Well, but they well. didn't cheat, did they? No, they were just they were just painkillers. They were they were enhanced. Um, so the, the the Montreal Olympics back in 1976, um, there were lots of accusations back in uh, in the Montreal Olympics. Um, and I just yeah, so that's okay. So you just you just had a lentil blank, which which I did put you on the spot, so that's oh, fine. that's all right. So, but but 
getting back to the more fun stuff about it, in 1913, that's when the five rings are representing the Olympic Games. Uh, the five and r- hasn't rings those rings caused drama? We're talking about the opening ceremony here. Uh, Russia, I believe it was Russia, please correct me if I'm wrong. In the opening ceremony in their Winter Olympic Games, they, their ring would not open. Oh. One of the rings would not open, so they played on it at the closing ceremony. But the interesting thing is a lot of rumours were around saying the person in charge of that was no longer around. Well, you know... I think it was Russia. Yeah, it was Russia. I'm, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah, isn't high on their list. It was a Russia. I shouldn't say that. We're going to get taken down by the KGB. <laughs> no, um, we're just going to get banned from Russia. Yeah, so the, 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 so the, the five interlaced rings of blue, yellow, black, green and red, uh, including the Olympic motto of... Citius, Altius, and Fortius, um, meaning faster, higher, stronger, uh, were first released uh, in 1913. Yep. It was, I just confirmed it, it was absolutely uh, the uh, the Russian uh, Olympic. But did you know, But uh, sorry, Winter Olympics in 2014, did you know in a Russian TV show doctored the Olympic opening ceremony to show the ring working? Oh, did they? <laughs> they did. So, uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, oh, what's up here? I have no idea what happened. Oh, there we go. They could repeat that sentence so I can edit it. Yeah, that's, that's the KGP <laughs> interrupting our broadcast. <laughs> we're getting hacked by people. Oh, well, can we you imagine. Oh, dear. We did. We did. We did. Yeah, Russia, we love you. We love. We do. We do. Absolutely. We're joking about the drug scandal part. But yeah, not no, the rings. We, 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 <laughs> you know they were trying to cover up the ring scandal. <laughs> yeah, we withdraw all of that. So <laughs> okay, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. So as we know, in 1916, the the um, Olympic Games in uh, Berlin, Germany, were cancelled because of the onset of World War One. But in 1924, the first uh, Winter Olympic Games, the Winter 20, the Winter 24, no, the Winter 1924 Olympic Games were held in Chamonix, Chamonix, France, which is very very nice. Uh, the original five Winter Olympic sports, broken into nine disciplines, were bobsled, curling, ice hockey, Nordic uh, skating, and consisting of a discipline military uh, patrol, cross-country skiing, Nordic combined, and ski jumping. If I got that all right, there's very f- lot, lots of Nordic in there. Um, and skating, <laughs> of course, it's Olympic. Uh, consisting of the disciplines of figure skating and speed skating. Now, that is interesting that they had figure skating in 1924. Yeah. Because that's very artsy. But were there guys competing in that one or just well, girls? Well, in the ancient Olympics, things such as theatre, music and singing was also part of the Olympics. Was it was really? in, in the ancient games, yeah. Wow. Later on they came in. So please um, bring that back, Australian Idol Olympic yeah, edition. Can you imagine Australians? <laughs> Let make them all sing Australian anthem, and that, and then we'll have the Russian version. <laughs> I think we need to leave Russia out of it from now on. Okay, we'll bring the I'm Chinese really, into I'm it. Not, I'm not starting my car. I'm going to take the bus home to two <laughs> <days>. <laughs> You put your foot in that one. So okay. the 1928, the uh, tradition of the Olympic fire and the Olympic flame was introduced. And is this where the torch relay happened? Yeah, so it started there. Um, sorry, ni- 1936. Uh, awesome. The Olympic flame was introduced to the Winter Olympics. Oh, sorry. 1928, the uh, Olympic fire was introduced to the Summer Olympics, and 1936, the Olympic flame was introduced to the Winter Olympics. 
and you know something good on them because that flame has caused some dramas too, where some of them at the opening ceremony did not light. Not uh, the first time. So uh, if you want to go and check out that, just go to YouTube and, and search out opening ceremonies of the Olympic failures. And you know. The best Olympics. See, I don't know if we can call ours the best opening Olympics anymore. Because Beijing did a really good they job. They did an amazing job. They did a really good job. And I don't care who you are. Like, even the London's opening that was to the summer, summer Games was up there. Like, I would most probably say that there are better openings now. And and I, I think the, the – because there was some scandal about the opening uh, of, the Olymp- uh, of the Beijing uh, Olympic Games – because they said it looked too animated. There was too many uh, special effects and all that kind of stuff. And they have had to put a cap on the budget that you can spend at the opening ceremony. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, no, that's... Um, uh, did you not hear that? No, I... There's now a cap on, on the open opening budget. On okay. and, and they have forbidden, like, virtual reality kind of things. Because it looks... It, yes, it looks great, but it's not what... There, there are so many um, opening ceremonies that just sort of stand in stand out in my mind. Like actually, even going back to the Moscow Games, where they had all the turning over of the cards um, uh, to spell out and to um, create symbols and stuff like that. I remember the first time seeing that and just thinking, "God, that's just amazing!" That so many people are so orchestrated and coordinated to get that right uh, each and every time. Um, wow, guess how much the opening, uh, this was written on the 12th of the 20, sorry, 21st of the 12th, 2020. Uh, guess how much, according to the article, and I've only just skimmed it, the uh, Bay, the Tokyo 2020 opening and closing ceremonies uh, have been budgeted for. According to a Japanese news agency, Kyoto News, the organi- organizing committee is planning to boost the budget by 3.5 billion yen. Which what? 3.5 billion? 3.5 billion. Is that yen? The Y symbol, yen. Yeah. I'll give it in US dollars. It is 33.7 million US dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's I, uh, like I mean, it's still a lot of money. It's a lot of money, wrong. right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Should organizers go ahead with the increase, the kitty for the opening and closing ceremonies is uh, set to stage at the new national stadium will stand at 16.5 billion yen or 159.7 million US dollars. That's a lot of That is cha-ching. a lot of change, yeah. Where does that money come from? And I don't say sponsors because well, Coca-Cola can't pay that no, much. No, some of it is from sponsorship. Otherwise, um, I expect the rings to say Coca-Cola. <laughs> some of it is from sponsorship. <laughs> um, but I think the majority of it comes from the actual government putting their hands in their pockets. So well, this because is why because what happens is is that um, to th- there is a huge tourist dollar attached to um, you know things like people coming and visit the Olympic stadiums and stuff like that. Um, I've been to the Barcelona, the Rome, and the um, Sydney Olympic stadiums. Really? Yeah. And how did you like it? Oh, it was delightful. What, but see, this is the thing, and, and we only got five minutes left, so oh. so we might just have to do a, a part two of this. Because <laughs> we got to do a part two. There, there, is, there is actually a lot of information that I do want to – I don't want to 
burn this information because this is. Well, we'll do a part two next week because that's because that's week that's one of that's yeah. the start. So we will, we will do. So we won't be watching the opening uh, ceremony. We'll be here doing the show. But uh, well, though we can get a TV in here and we can have have it going in the. In oh, there the you go. To we'll, keep we'll, us in the mood. We'll, we'll figure it out. We we might do live commentating of the Olympics. Opening ceremony, <laughs> like Roy and HG, like, like, but, but worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without any Which entertainment y- value. <laughs> well, you said that, not me. Um, but you know, the interesting thing is, a lot of these Olympic games end up putting the country into debt, a lot of debt, yeah, and stadiums too. Yeah, and a l- well, look at Sydney Olympic Park. Mm. Wasn't used, and now it's getting demolished, or uh, they say they're reviving it, but realistically, what are they doing there? They're turning into apartments, and those apartments are crashing, <laughs> are breaking apart. Sorry, let me laugh. That those yeah, poor people yeah. who brought those oh, houses. I feel very sorry for the people who bought into those. But anyway. But but this is the thing. Like this is name one country that has actually successfully used the buildings after an Olympic period. I can't think of one. Yeah, that's a whole episode on. Oh, hang on, no, on London, London. They have actually turned theirs into a training center. So, is that a success? Well, I don't know. Is it? Profit making? Does it have to be profit making? Well, well you would hope for it to be, considering it was publicly funded. All their housing, um, so the housing uh, that the Olympic Village went into, they've turned been turned into hotels. Oh, for the the for former athlete for villages. The athlete, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think like maybe London was able to figure out a way to uh, get it to be viable. Well, I guess maybe people are hoping that uh, when the Olympic Games come back, they can use those stadiums again. Well, this is uh, the, the, that's the other thing. Like, let's be honest. Like, we're talking about um, an Olympic village, stadiums, training centers, shops, everything just being built from the ground up in some some countries. But in Melbourne, we used i think we used a lot of the infrastructure um back in 19 back in the 1950s 1950s i think oh, it was i know there was one cu- uh, one olympic no that it was 1996 because we already built the stadiums yeah 1956 it was in it was in melbourne yep and 96 was in atlanta that's interesting but 2000 no, was in Sydney. No, no, 1996. Oh, Commonwealth Games is what I'm thinking of. Oh, the Commonwealth Games. I think I'm thinking of the Commonwealth Oh, we always win those. Why do you think that is? Well, Why I mean, we're pretty good athletes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just that when, uh, you know, and, and we're sort of competing against Commonwealth countries. Not saying that they don't have good competition. I mean, you've got Canada, you've got the UK, you've got uh, uh, all, all of those, and Singapore. Um, but we tend to do well. You know the interesting thing is um, because I'm, I, we're in 2021. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> what you were. <laughs> sorry. Um, they've already told us who's in 2032. Well, I think that um, I think cities need enough time to plan, especially if they're going to have to build stadiums. So we know that uh, scheduled, scheduled is um, next one will be in Paris. Uh, the one after that will be in Los Angeles, and then in 19, uh, 2032 will be uh, potentially in Brisbane. Brisbane, Vegas. Do you really think it's going to be in Brisbane? Like, well, uh, I don't see why not. Have, have they won it or not won it yet? Uh, oh, I don't think. I don't think the it's been formally announced, but they're sort of like you know. Because you, yeah, 
we'll double check and bring you back next next week. Next week. Anyway, that brings us to a end of today's show. We will be doing part two on the opening uh, of the Olympics. Of the Tokyo, uh, 2020 Tokyo. Olympics in 2021. Yeah, this, <laughs> I, I, I do wish they had renamed it to 2021. Well, they had printed all the T-shirts. That's basic. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right there. They just printed all the T-shirts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of uh, another episode of Soundbites. I have been Russell. and <laughs> I'm still Peter. And we will see you next Friday where we take a look again at the Olympic uh, history from basically the 1930s onwards. onwards. Yeah. Going to go to the 60s and do disco. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, we're out of here. Bye. Bye-bye.